Welcome, or welcome back to Pre-Arb Excellence, a Roots-based Chicago Cubs podcast with an eye on player development. Pull up a chair while I take a deeper dive into the concerns for a team's present and future. Questions are always welcome, whether on Twitter, Tim815, on the Anchor Contest Line, or on my Facebook, Pre-Arb Excellence Group. Thanks for stopping by for today's episode, my take on John Lester in 2021 and ask me questions if I was confusing. Anytime a person makes a logical decision regarding an emotional issue, it's going to piss some people off. It's going to, no matter what, if I take a logical stance on an emotional issue, it's going to piss people off. It's actually kind of why negative campaigning, I don't talk about politics here, but negative campaigning happens and, and is used, and you hear it quite a bit, because it works. If you say, I'm going to reduce this and increase that and increase this other thing and reduce that other thing and change this from that to that and da, 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 da. People are going to break it down and say, well, oh, okay, you're going to reduce that so I don't like you. Or you're going to increase that so I don't like you. What the type of campaigning that generally works is that person over there that I'm running against, he's a poopy head. Oh, 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 oh okay, you're right, he's a poopy head, so I'm not going to vote for him, I'm going to vote for you. Calling people poopy head works really well in campaigning. When you talk logic instead of emotion, it gets tougher. The first week of October is not necessarily the time you expect a hot take or a cold take, either one, on a free agent pitcher. John Lester has had an amazing career with the Cubs. He was very good at the start. He was very, very significant in the team winning the World Series in 2016. He is second all-time in career pitching starts. He's been fantastic. The last couple years, he's slipped a bit. His $25 million option will not be picked up. He will instead get a $10 million walking away fee. And there is talk that Lester should be brought back for 2021. And over the last eh, about 24 hours, I've kind of made up my mind, I think, on where I stand on it. It's going to be probably a very slight amount if Lester is kept. Probably a one or two year deal. And it might even be one year with a second year option. And it may be in Chicago or it may be elsewhere. It's going to decide upon where John Lester wants to end up. It might not come to the Cubs having a realistic option, a realistic chance, a realistic possibility. For me, 
if he is to come back, there are two significant reasons why I really don't see it. When you're bringing in a pitcher on a, I'm going to use a, a term from a bit of the Wayback Machine, a Paul Mahalam contract. The Cubs brought in Paul Mahalam on a one-year deal for about $5 million, $6 million, something like that, knowing that it's only one year. If he's fantastic, it's only one year. If he's terrible, it's only one year. And their hope was that if he would be doing well in July, someone else would be interested in him because when the Cubs were bringing in Paul Mahalam, they were not a contender, and they knew they weren't a contender, and they knew they weren't going to be a contender. So if Paul Mahalam was looking good in July, then the Cubs could flip Paul Mahalam to another team for someone, anyone, who had potential long-term value. And, wow, who was that? Um, Rodas Vizcaino? Was that who they got for him, I think? Could have been Tommy Lestella. I think it was Rodas Vizcaino. Lestella came later. But um, the hope is either the guy is really good or he's really good through July and you can trade him. And as I look at John Lester right now, I really don't see him as the type of pitcher that a team that's contending is going to say, I really want John Lester down the stretch. I really want him carving for us as we make a postseason run. I don't see that being the case anymore. Now, this isn't a new thought. This is not a new thought. I'll be honest with you. I was trying to do the math on Lester's 2019 starts. And they were so inconsistent, I wasn't even able to properly add them up. What I was trying to do is figure out how many times he went over six innings, how many times he went six innings, how many times he went five innings, how many times he went between five and six innings, and how many times he went less than five innings. But it, and uh, I came up with 10, 20, 30, but he started 31 times, so I missed one somewhere, or maybe I missed two, missed two and mistook one for another or something. But in 2019, he went over six innings five times. Seven was his highest. Ten times he went six innings. He went five and change four times. He went five innings six times, and he went, went five innings, uh, went less than five innings five times. A lot of those were four. I think there's a 2.1, a 2.2. So it's not that he's getting blasted. It's not that he's getting blown out. In 2019, he wasn't reliable to get 18 outs. And to an extent, that's what managers want from their starters. They won't get it every time. They know they won't get it every time. But they want it as often as possible. You get you Darvish, he will almost always give you six. 
if he's healthy. Kyle Hendricks, he will almost always give you more than six, and he's almost always healthy. John Lester, quite a few times the last few years, through three innings, he's already at 50 pitches, which if you're not into pitch counting, doesn't really necessarily mean a whole lot, but that means by six innings, he's probably going to be at 100 pitches, and John Lester's not going 100 pitches anymore. What teams are doing is working him, fouling off his really good pitches, and sometimes he will work his way out of jams like you wouldn't believe, but other times he will leave something up in the zone with two guys on base and it's trouble. So what he is is a five or six inning pitcher almost all the time. Uh, let's see, that year it would have been what, five, ten... Um, two-thirds of the time, he was a five- or six-inning pitcher. Two-thirds of the time, he was a five- or six-inning pitcher. And the others were evenly split between less than five and between six and seven. When John Lester pitches, or when John Lester pitched in 2019 you were using your bullpen. You were using your bullpen. He was not going to throw very hard. And when you have a pitcher like that, there's really not a whole lot of reason to think that anybody's going to want to trade for him any later. Whereas, oh, somebody, the Texas grabbed... Lance Lynn. Now, Lance Lynn isn't necessarily a better pitcher than John Lester. I'm not going to say Lance Lynn is more legendary than John Lester or should get more Hall of Fame votes than John Lester or anything along those lines. John Lester historically has been a better pitcher. But as of last year, Lance Lynn pitched really well. <laughs> it, it, it wasn't a well, he was kind of good, and then he was really sucky. Toward he, he was actually really kind of good, and Texas probably could have traded him for something of value right before the deadline. They didn't. Whatever. So, now we come to 2020. John Lester. Let's see. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 starts. 12 starts for John Lester in 2020. In five of them, he went six innings. In one of them, he went five and a third. In three of them, he went three innings. In two of them, he went two and two thirds, three and two thirds, and in one, he went five and a third. So it was 6.0 times five, 5.1 times one, five times three, 3.2 times 2, 3.1 times 1. So in 12 starts, he never got more than 18 outs. In 12 starts, he never got more than 18 outs. You can like John Lester. You can love John Lester. He can be your favorite pitcher of all time, John Lester. But he's not going to get you more than 18 outs. He's not reliable 
to get you more than 18 outs. If you're going to win, your bullpen is going to have to give you nine outs. I've heard some people say they would like to see John Lester used as a reliever, which is an interesting take. Probably not one I would go with, but it's an interesting take after all. Um, Normally, relievers now are guys that come in throwing 96-97. You can have that lefty reliever specialist kind of guy like Kyle Ryan or Andrew Chafin or guys along those lines. And I, I just... I don't really see Lester as being the type of guy who would thrive in the situation where I'm going to come in and get one or two or three guys out. I don't see any evidence of that anywhere. He seems to, in so many starts, it seems like he's at 20, 22, 25, 30 pitches after one inning. And what you want from a one-inning reliever is come in, get your 10, 12, 14 pitches, throw it by some people, and get some outs, and keep the game moving along, not turn it into a docudrama in the sixth inning when you come in. And too often, I, I, I would imagine that would possibly happen with Lester. And again, it's not a case of do you like him, do you uh, love him, is he your favorite pitcher of all time? Would he likely be the guy who you would bring in and uh, 12 pitches, 14 pitches, and out? And you're on to the next half inning. Because that's what teams are looking for from a relief pitcher, ideally. And how much is he going to get paid to be a relief pitcher? You can get a relief pitcher off the DFA wire. Sometimes you can get a left-handed relief pitcher off the DFA wire. And if you get a relief pitcher off the DFA wire and he actually happens to work, then a lot of times you can have him for two, three, four, five years in a row with cost control and the ability to have quick innings like the 10, 11, 12, 13 pitch inning, then get out and then bring in the next guy which is what teams are generally looking for. It's not that John Lester would be unable to be a relief pitcher. That's not why I'm saying. It's he doesn't have the historic traits that a lot of left-handed pitchers do, which is he always gets left-handed hitters out, or he's completely used to pitching two days in a row and three days out of four. I'm not familiar with John Lester doing that. I'm not used to John Lester coming in and throwing 95 in the first inning. Maybe he does. I don't eyeball his numbers that much, but normally he's trying to spot locate and avoid leaving it center cut and going, you know, 91, 92. Maybe he could kick it up a little bit. But those things I already knew before. In the last 24 hours, I made my mind up that I really don't think I want John Lester fighting for either a bullpen spot or a rotation spot unless it's like a $3 million chance or a minor league deal or something like that. I really don't see 
the upside in Leicester on a long, on a even middle money contract, even six or seven million. Yes, I know that he's done a lot for the team, but just in the last 24 hours, I saw some things that got me to believe I don't want John Lester on the club unless it's for an absolute team favorable giveaway deal. Like a minor, perhaps maybe this sort of contract that um, the Cubs gave to give to a relief pitcher. You know, we, we will bring you in. You're on a minor league deal. And if we decide to keep you, we'll let you have the rotation spot. And if we decide we don't want to keep you, then we will. you'll have an opt-out and you'll be able to go to whatever team you want. I would not have a problem with that. And after the break, I will tell you why. I do really appreciate... I've been a bit sporadic on podcasts today on Wednesday, on Tuesday into Wednesday. Um, but the numbers are there. I appreciate you guys listening. I had one on a mock draft that I saw and a couple others on, you know, just the, the, the stuff I usually do. And by now, even those of you who are kind of new to the podcast are getting a hang of what it is that I generally bring in a podcast. Sometimes it'll be fluky as far as here are a couple minor league players or here are a couple guys that maybe they belong on the 40-man roster, maybe they don't. Sometimes I'll talk about other stuff like this. And if you know of a Cubs fan who is interested in off-season content such as I am bringing, feel free to share something with them. Send them a link. Maybe they're a big Lester fan. Maybe they're not a Lester fan. Shoot them this link, and I, I'm trying to talk people through why I think what I think as opposed to, I like this guy, I don't like this guy. So if these sorts of discussions work for you or might work for a friend of yours, feel free to shoot them a link or ask me to help you shoot them a link. Hit like, hit share, hit follow, hit retweet, hit subscribe. I think I got all five of them that time. Um, and spread the word because I really think this sort of content is useful for a certain type of Cub fan and I'm trying to be at, be of service to as many of those types as possible. Anchor allows sponsorships. Should you be interested in that? The important thing is I'm very happy you continue to listen. So now what, 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 what could have changed my mind and put me into the, no, I really don't want John Lester to be a starter next year. Unless it's on a minor league deal. And I also don't want him as a reliever. What, 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 what that I have seen in the last day could have changed my mind. First off, I'm going to have to interrupt myself before I do, because there are different shades of Cubs fans, and occasionally I forget that. We're all wanting the Cubs to do well. We are all wanting the Cubs to do well. However, there are some Cubs fans that only count 
World Championship seasons as successful. If the Cubs win the World Championship, it was a good year. If they do anything but that, it was unacceptable. There are some fans like that. I'm not one of them. I definitely give partial credit. Among my favorite seasons of all time for the Cubs was 2015 because they put things all together toward the end and they were really good down the stretch. Yes, they got shut out, shut down in the LCS by the Mets and were behind immediately in every game pretty much. But it was a fun season. I learned a lot. A lot of players got better. And there are plenty of time for postseason games for me to talk about how this person or that. Kyle Schwarber set the all-time team record for postseason home runs that year. Not in a year, in a career. Schwarber hit five home runs that year. That's uh, That was an all-time record. 2015 was fantastic. 26 was 2016 was fantastic as well. 2017 wasn't bad. It's fallen apart since then. But for some people, it is world championship gets you 100 points. Anything else gets you zero points. And that's the way some people are. I really have a hard time dealing with that. But if that's how people are going to be, that's how people are going to be. I'm not going to get it. I'm not going to grasp it. I'm not going to fathom it. It's not going to make any sense to me. But that's how some people are. So if you are of the mindset of you either win a championship or it is a complete abject waste of time and nobody should have bothered to show up and play, I don't know. I don't, I don't understand that. Then there are some other fans who think that progressing properly and adequately through a postseason is generally a good thing. And for those people, this season was very frustrating down the stretch because the Cubs were exposed. They were exposed as a team that realistically had two starting pitchers. Kyle Hendricks pitched well. You Darvish pitched well, but in both games they kind of ran out of gas because the Marlins kind of made them work a couple innings, stretched out a couple at-bats, and at a certain point the Cubs had to go to their bullpen. And in reality, the Cubs only had six outs in their bullpen. Reality, Jeffress could get three, Craig Kimbrell could get three, but beyond that, they really didn't have much. You know, they could try and beg and plead for something out of Jason Adam or whoever else they would have sent in. But realistically, they weren't going to be able to hold up. They weren't able to hold up against the Marlins with their secondary relief. They certainly would not have been able to have held up against the Braves. They certainly would not have been able to held up against the Padres or the Dodgers or pretty much any team that's left. They just didn't have enough pitching depth. They had two guys in the rotation, two guys in the bullpen, then a whole bunch of, well, I don't know. 
as I look forward to 2021. When you plug in a John Lester into the rotation, if John Lester is going to be in the rotation, he might be able to help through the regular season. He very well could be that guy who gives you five or six. The bullpen comes in and gets the last 15 or 16 outs, whatever. 12, 15, 16 outs. And through the regular season, that could be enough if Lester's like your fourth starter, maybe your fifth starter. But when you get to the playoffs, that's where that's where you start to grade things out. That's where you start to assess, is this team really that good? And sometimes people get uh, people fly a little bit backwards and they get all depressed about the team being, well, we weren't able to beat the really good teams. You know, we're a horrible team because we couldn't beat a team that made it to the World Series. Well, that's a little bit backwards. It's a little bit backwards. If you're able to fight through a regular season and make it to the playoffs, you did some things rather well. This year, though, it really became obvious in the Marlins series, the Cubs' bullpen wasn't enough. It just wasn't enough. Now, again, that wasn't the last 24 hours. So that's something that, again, people should probably, if they're being honest, if they're being realistic, if they're assessing things as they actually are, that should be a mindset that, yes, (coughs) excuse me, Yes, the Cubs' bullpen is probably a little bit thinner than it ought to be. And the rotation probably doesn't have quite enough to get through against the better teams. Those really shouldn't be debatable points. Hendricks, they're fine. Darvish, they're fine. Anything else, eek. So what came up in the last 24 hours that changed my mind on Lester? Pretty much completely. In one of the games today, the New York Yankees starting pitcher went 1.0 innings. The Yankees used five relievers. In game two. This wasn't game five. This wasn't their fifth starter. This was in game two. The Yankees got one inning out of their starter, needed to use five relievers. The Padres got one inning out of their starter. I'll be honest, on this one, it was an injury. They got one inning out of their starter, and they used... Eight relievers. The Braves, who actually won today, got four innings out of their starter. Four innings. And they used five relievers to finish out the last five innings. Everybody's bullpenning now. Teams are bullpenning now. Use the starter It's not going to be a case of we're going to use 
for instance, Alec Mills, and we're going to try to milk six or seven innings out of him. And if he has a little bit of trouble in the sixth inning, then no, that's not how it works anymore. If the starter is getting beaten, he comes out right now. That's how it has to work now. Pretty much every team that's still in the postseason, if their starter is getting hammered, he's gone. He's out, he's done, he's finished, he's through. It doesn't matter. John Lester is not built for that kind of stuff. He's loading the bases. He's giving up eight base runners through three innings in a game where he only gives up one run. John Lester is not that guy anymore. You're not going to say, hey, John, just go out, give us five or six. Our offense is obviously going to score eight or nine runs. So just give us five or six. No, it doesn't work that way anymore. Starters have to be better than that. If you're going to win a World Series championship, you have to have starters who can push the opposition's offense. And when the offense pushes back, you need seven, eight, or nine relievers to finish out a game. That's how it is now. It isn't a case of, well, you know, the, the, the starter's going to go seven or eight innings. And, well, Darvish didn't go seven. Hendricks didn't go seven. If Hendricks and Darvish this year in Wrigley Field weren't going seven, why do you think anybody else is going to go seven ever again? It'll happen at some point. But pretty much now, what you have to look at is starters in the postseason are going to go five or six innings. If you can get a seventh out, an out in the seventh inning out of your starting pitcher, you've done a wonderful job. Unless you're dealing with like a peak Jake Arrieta or maybe Garrett Cole or, you know, some of the elite of the elite of the elite, your starter's going to go seven. Maybe, 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 maybe if everything plays out right, he might go eight. But as far as I'm going to have a bulldog sort of a pitcher who's going to fight his way through, no, that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen in the playoffs. In the playoffs, you're going to need to have guys who can throw hard. Then when they're done, you're going to need to have guys who can throw hard. And then you're going to need guys who can throw hard. You can have a fourth and a fifth starting pitcher, like an Alec Mills, or like a John Lester. Through the regular season, you can do that. But come the playoffs nobody is going to be saying, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that John Lester start against a team that routinely against pitchers like John Lester puts up seven or eight runs. You put John Lester up against the Yankees. You put John Lester up against the Rays. You put John Lester against the Padres or the Dodgers. And you think he's going to give you six or seven innings? Really now. Today convinced me relievers 
are going to have to get better. Relievers are going to have to get better, and starters are going to have to represent, even if they only represent for two and a third innings. Next year, the Cubs can play through the regular season how they want, but come the postseason, they're going to, if they're going to go anywhere, it's going to have to be pitchers like Adver Alzalea, like Braylon Marquez. That doesn't mean they have to be the guy in April. Doesn't mean they have to be the guy in June. But come August and September, Braylon Marquez, Adber Alzalea, might as well know who Corey Abbott is, see if Dwayne Underwood's that guy that year. You're going to need guys who can throw by people. You're going to need pitchers who can hit, who can toss 95-96. Maybe higher than that. Next year, if there is a minor league season, which are the pitchers that are doing well out of the bullpen? And are they striking people out? I don't like going there. I don't like going to the velocity is going to have to be a thing for relievers. But in the postseason, it is. You can probably get away with a guy throwing 92, 93, 94 in July and August. Maybe you're in Pittsburgh and they're struggling and you're using this guy to get you through through some innings and you know you, you have the guys that you pulled off the waiver wire and all that kind of stuff. But when it gets to be August and September, if the Cubs have a legitimate chance, that's when you start looking for guys like is Michael McAveen doing well? Is Ryan Jensen doing well? If the Cubs are competing next year, it's going to have to be guys who can throw. Because I look at this, the guys that teams are using are not the guys who are throwing, well, this guy's coming in to pitch in the third inning and he has a, a 88, 89 mile an hour fastball and a really good sinker that, you know, gets a lot of ground balls. No, that's not what people are looking for. You get guys who... Some of the home runs that were being hit tonight were not on hitters' pitches. I Was it Stanton who had one? There was... It was outside of the plate, outside corner, and he still pulled it and absolutely crushed it about 4.30 to left center on a pitch that was on the outside corner, and somebody was saying, that's a bad at bad, he should have po- went the other way. Now, they're being sarcastic, but I'm sure there's some people who are thinking that. John Lester is not going to be a guy on a playoff team. He's not. Possibly he can be the fourth or fifth starter on a team that does make the playoffs but he's not going to be the guy you're going to send out in the fourth game of the postseason. He's not that guy anymore. Anymore, John Lester is a four or five inning pitcher against a good team. You send him out against a team that... It's the ninth game of a 10-game road trip, and they've lost seven games in a row, and... Uh, half their team's on the injured list, and 
He can he can pitch that game. He can pitch that game and go six or seven innings. But if he's up against the Eastern champs, if he's up against the Western champs, he's in the LCS. No, you don't want that. No, you no, you don't want that. Any more relievers had probably better throw. 95, 96, 97, 98, 99. Or if you're a lefty, you can throw a little bit shorter than that, a little bit softer than that, but you have to be a lefty smasher then. You have to be one of those guys that left-handed pitchers, left-handed hitters don't want to face. It's not about do we like John Lester. He's been a very likable guy. He hasn't done anything embarrassing. He's been a very good pitcher for the Cubs. He's been a very good free agent signing. But as far as him being anything, as far as a postseason pitcher next year, nah. If he wants to sign a minor league deal with a preseason opt-out, and maybe even a midseason opt-out. I, I don't... Maybe both. But... Lester's not the guy anymore. It would be nice if he was. If he agrees to a very minimal contract. And I'm talking, I, I think my, minim, my over-under for the Cubs' salary for 2021 is now somewhere in the 167.3 range. And uh, I don't know where I came up with that number. I'd, I'd been saying 170, but then I decided, you know, I think that's more than Tom Ricketts is going to want to pay. I think it'll be a bit below that. So I'm saying 167.3. And you can say, oh, well, John Lester, he's been really good. He's worth a $6 million contract. Yeah, he probably is. But every million spent on him is, is money that can't be spent elsewhere. And I really don't see Lester as being that good of a gamble. There will be days where he can go out and somehow get into and out of trouble. And it could be he goes to another team and comes into Wrigley Field and has one of those days. And Cubs fans will say, oh, the Cubs should have signed him. No, I'm looking at these numbers. I'm looking at these numbers. He was a bit over six innings in five of 31 starts in 2019. In 2020, he was over six innings, zero of 12 starts. That trend is going in the wrong direction. Come the postseason, bullpenning is how it works. During the regular season, it doesn't work that way. That would torture a bullpen. Absolutely torture a bullpen. Having a guy along the lines of a Lester is acceptable. But I don't think he's that guy because I don't think he will be friendly enough to the bullpen to justify it in 2021. And if he is doing well, and the Cubs are in a trade scenario. 
I really don't see anybody trading anything of value for a pitcher who next year, if the numbers add up, might be a 15, 16, 17 out pitcher instead of a instead of a 17, 18, 19 out pitcher. I just don't see him being a good gamble. I don't specifically know who I'd want, but when I was watching today, Jay Hep came in for the Yankees and absolutely wore one for the team against Tampa. Jay Happ and John Lester are probably about equal. I'd rather be interested in the Cubs pursuing pitchers that would have trade value in July as opposed to, I really like this guy. Trade value in July makes the team better in 2023. I really like this guy doesn't make the team better in 2023. And right now I'm really on really on the track of decisions should be made now for what's going to be helpful in 2023. And I don't see John Lester as the starter in 2021 helping in 2023 because I don't think he's good enough to help in the bullpen. And I certainly don't think he's good enough to help the postseason. Thanks for stopping by Pre-Arb Excellence. I'll have another podcast up soon as circumstances warrant. I'll attempt to have that one worth your time as well. Be safe. Go Cubs go. And be nice to people.